Good morning, FBC. My name is Hadley. I'm so thankful that you've come to worship with us this morning. If this is your first time at FBC, I'd encourage you to grab the blue card in front of you and write down some basic information so we can get to know you. On the back of the card, there's a place to put prayer requests. Anyone can write a request down, and when the offering plate passes here in just a bit, drop the blue card in there, and we'll get it to the staff. Before we go any further in the service, we just want to take one minute and let you know a few things that are going on in the life of the church so you can know how to get involved. In 2020, our goal as a church is to read through the Bible chronologically. This is an opportunity for us as a church to make God's Word central in our lives and devote ourselves to knowing the Bible and applying it to our lives. It's not too late to get started with us. You can either start right where we are or start at the beginning. The important thing is to get started. You can pick up the reading plan in the Welcome Center, or you can find it in the YouVersion Bible app. The plan is called Reading God's Story, One Year Chronological Plan. If you have questions about the plan or how to study the Bible, don't hesitate to call the church office, and we would be happy to answer any questions you have. My last announcement is our new Pray, Give, Go partner for this month, which is the Cookfield Pregnancy Clinic. The CPC does incredible work with families in our community that are going through a really difficult time. I'd encourage you to look at your chronicles today and see how you can pray, give, and go to this impactful ministry. That's all the announcements I have for today. Here at FBC, our vision is that every person would desire God, be discipled, and devote themselves to serve. I pray that this service would play a part in that vision and would help you live for Christ in your day-to-day life. Good morning, church family. How are you today? Hadley made all the announcements already, but I do want to encourage those of you who are guests to be sure to take one of the blue cards. and uh, We would love to have some contact information. We won't come knocking on your door without asking first, but we would like to call you this week and see if you have any questions. But we're grateful that you chose to worship with us today. Uh, other guests who have been here before and, and uh, church members alike, we're so thankful you are here and uh, it's going to be a great day in the Lord. We do remind you to be sure to take your chronicles and look through that and also use it as a reminder but also as a prayer sheet too. And on the front page there you'll see uh, something about a trip to the Holy Land next January 2021. And I'll be out in the central lobby after this with some brochures that give the details of that, the itinerary and the cost and any questions you might have. So uh, be praying about that. That would be a wonderful investment. And uh, so, again, thank you for being here today. 
the early service was wonderful. A lot of people worshiping and praising God and hearing Pastor Scott's word from the Lord for us. And so it's been a great time that we're all on the same page in Genesis. This time, please stand, greet those around you, and then uh, Greg will lead us in a worship song. Good morning, church. We're glad you're here to worship with us. Let's begin our service this morning with all hail the power of Jesus' name.
Amen. It's a great way to start the morning off with our praises to the Lord, joining that chorus that's around the heavenly throne, worshiping Him, telling all how great He is, and all hail the power of Jesus' name. Because He is the stone the builders rejected. He's the cornerstone uh, that we build our whole faith upon. Uh, that's the way God designed it. That's the way we follow Him. Uh, and let's continue on to worship with this morning with Cornerstone.
you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much uh, for the reminder that you are our cornerstone. And Lord, when we face storms in our life, in our lives, Lord, we can know that we are standing strong on you, Lord. I'm reminded of the storms that came through last night, Lord, with all the wind and the lightning and thunder and, and God, just how it brings an unsettledness, Lord. We can have that unsettledness in our life, too, if we don't trust you. But God, I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you that, thank you that you provided a way, Lord, through your grace. Through your amazing grace, Lord, you set us free from the shackles and the chains of sin that bound us for so long, Lord, so that we could experience your freedom and your grace. So, Lord, as we continue to worship, may you worship you. May you be blessed by our song in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this next. Amazing. So my chains are gone.
do thank you so much that you are forever ours and we are forever yours. God, that glorious day when, when time is no more, uh, when we are in your presence, that will be such a glorious, glorious day, Lord, to be there with you, to look back on our own lives, Lord, and see the testimony that you've given us, of where you, where you walk through life with us. God, no matter what our circumstances were, the fires we faced, the trials we struggled with. Uh, and Lord, our, our hope now is not that we get there and look back, but that we get to look forward and know that when we face those trials that are to come, that you're going to be there with us. You're going to see us through them. Lord, there will be many times that we, that we struggle, that we know we can turn to you and, and you will be there for us. So Lord, as we continue on in worship this morning with the choir singing, may that message ring loud and true that God, you never leave us or forsake us. You're there with us and you see us through the fire. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning, church. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Sing and praise to Him. Thank you, choir. And uh, boy, if Adam and Eve would have just held on, right? God was going to show up. He he always does, but they gave in to the adversary, and now we get to talk about Genesis today. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And today we want to look at the goodness of God. The goodness of God this morning is uh, the topic of our, our time that we'll, uh, from preaching from God's Word. And, you know, I, I remember several years ago I saw someone do this for me, and it was just kind of amazing. They took, looked at their Bible and said, you know, the first chapter and the second chapter of Genesis, one, one page, basically, and, and the printed word that I have before me, uh, that, that section, those two chapters of God's Word, Reveal the creative story, how God created all that we know and don't even know, but how God created everything is contained in that page. And then if we turn to the very back of the Bible and we look in the very, the very last of the Bible, we see Revelation 21 and 22 and, and basically contained on one page of the Bible. We see where God recreates everything that he created. And in between that stands a lot. And it is God's redemptive work to lovingly reach out and grasp those who have disobeyed Him, gone against Him, and turned from His love. God created and God will recreate. What we're going to spend our time this year looking at is one sermon in the creation, and one sermon in the creation, but about recreation, but about a hundred sermons in Sunday morning, Sunday night, in God's redemptive love as expressed to me and to you and to all of mankind. So as we look at this today, I, I want to show you. Four attributes that, as I read through this week, just kind of leapt off the page of God and I understood about God that I believe is vital and foundational for every single one of us to grasp about God. I'm going to say a couple of phrases this morning. You might want to jot them down, but they're going to key in on four words. And I'm going to talk about the goodness of God as demonstrated through the spectacular creator he is the supreme ruler He is, the sovereign judge that He is, and the Savior and Redeemer that He is. That's where we're going to focus our time this morning. So if you have your Bibles and your turn to Genesis chapter 1, if you will stand with me and let's read. We're going to read the whole chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. And so if you didn't get started this week and you're behind, I'm going to catch up on some reading real quick, okay? But I want, as I read this chapter, the first chapter of Genesis... I want you to take in a couple of things. God said, and when God said something, something happened. And it was good. I just want you to see how it unfolds before us this morning. The Word of God says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. 
And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and it separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind, with seed in them, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning a third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be as signs for the seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, uh, the, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning a fourth day. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and what there was morning a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every every bird of the sky, and everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening... And there was morning, a sixth day. Father, we thank you for the account of creation. God, we, we thank you for the privilege to stand before you this morning and, and hear the reading of your word. And Lord, ask that you would open our hearts this morning as we desire to d- dive into your word and learn more.
blessed you and uh, what you have created and how you are working in our lives right now in this moment. So, Father, I pray that as we are before you this morning, that you would move mightily in this place. God, that you would uh, just do what you need to do to transform our hearts and change us and bring us to an awareness of who you are as, uh, as you are so amazing as creator God. I pray, Father, that knowing you've given us this time, it's a privilege, Father. You've appointed this time for us this morning to come together in singing songs and worship and praise, but also, Lord, We would ask today, and I would ask personally, Father, that you would anoint me with your power and with your truth, Lord, to teach the hearts of those whom you love. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. In this this time this morning, I I want us to look at this text. And as I, I said a moment ago, I want us to see the goodness of God. That is evident in this text. We see that God is good and, and, and everything he created is good. But when God's goodness is truly understood when we embrace him as spectacular creator. And we see in chapter 1 uh, the, spe- the spectacle of creation, how awesome creation is. It is an amazing work of God. And, and we see that it, just from the very beginning where it says in chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning God. And and that is a whole lot said right there because it's not in the beginning anything other than God. God is the foundation of everything. God created everything. God says in the beginning, God created. God created everything that we know and everything that we don't know. Every single thing that has ever existed was created by God. So we, we recognize that Scripture tells us that. And uh, we, we, as we look at this, you know, we've got to think, I would not exist. We, we would not even be here today if it were not for the goodness of God creating us. But God has created us. He has, he has given us the opportunity to exist. And God spoke. When God spoke, things happened. The scripture says, and he said, and when God spoke, when God said, things happen. So if we look at, at verse uh, 3, verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, 14, 20, 24, and 26, that's several verses there. But if you just track, and what I did in my Bible was I took an underline everywhere where it said, and God said. Because when God said, something happened. When he spoke, things happened. So the, the creation was formless and void until God spoke. But when God spoke, Things took shape and form, and all of creation was subject to His word. So that's so imperative that we grasp that as we as we're here this morning, we can't miss that. That when God spoke, things happened, and and so all of creation was subject to His word. When He spoke it, things happened, things formed, things became and took shape and and lived and existed. And when God speaks, it matters. When, when the Word of God is spoken, it should matter to us because everything that came about was through the spoken Word of God. God spoke, and it happened. He said, and it happened. So not only was the, the earth formless, but when God spoke, things happened. God sustained everything by His power. It was not by my power. It was not by your power, anybody else's power. That, that we existed today, or that the, the sun rose this morning, or that the, the moon was and stars were out last night, or that, that anything that's happened is not by my power or not in my ability to dis- sustain life. You know, I cannot breathe without God. I, I, can't, I can't make my heart beat. You ever tried making your heart beat or not beat? I mean, like, I want you to stop for a second. 
Oh, we wouldn't do that anyhow, but we, we don't, we, God is the source of all of life. And, and we see that He is the creator, He's the sustainer. He, he tells the mountains how high to rise. He tells the valleys how low to go. He, he feeds for the, He feeds the birds and the fish and He sets the stars and the moon and the planets and everything in its certain place. And I'm telling you, we could spend the rest of our day together just talking about the known universe, what we've discovered about it, in, in our ability to search out, we could talk about how if the planet Earth were shifted one degree off of its axis, what would happen? I mean, we would spin into a, a wobble that would destroy us all. We could talk about how if we were just a little closer, or a little further from the sun, or if the moon was a little bigger, or a little smaller. We could discuss all of these intricacies, but let me just tell you this. God spoke, creating all of these things and setting them in their place, and He has sustained them doing that which He told them to do from the very beginning they have done. All except for humans in chapter 3 we see that they did not do what he told them to do but all all else is doing what god told them to do so we we see the sustaining work of god he tells the waters you come this far and then you recede and then you come this far and then you recede and they do that over and over and over but the result is magnificent. But he, not only is he sustained in that way, he, he sustains, as I said, every breath, every breath that I take, the whole of creation, everything that happens in this world, he sustains. Not by our power, but by his power, it is sustained. So we're sustained by him, and it is important for us to rec- recognize that. And creation is good. As I read through that chapter with you this morning, the word good was mentioned many times. Uh, verse 4, verse 10, verse 12, 18, 21, and 25 all say that when God said, at the conclusion of what God said, there was a statement, and it was good. God's goodness is expressed in His creation. As He is spectacular creator, that which He created, He looked upon, and it expressed His image. Every, he's the designer. He's the creator. So that which He brought forth, He expressed. It was an expression of Him. It, so He is good. As He looked upon His creation, He saw it was good. And then we see in verse 31 of that chapter that when God looked upon everything, God saw all that He had made. And behold, it was very good. So that all of what God made when he created everything that he had put together and formed out of what he said as he spoke into existence, that which he brought about, he looked upon it and he said, it is very good. The goodness of God is seen when we embrace him as spectacular creator. He creates so amazingly. We, we see the creation account in, in this text, and, and, and we'll walk through a little bit more and reflect back on that because nobody in this room understands all the intricacies of creation. And we've got uh, literally front and back one page in the Bible that tells us about the creation account. So that leaves us as humans, inquiring minds want to know, we, we begin to delve into and try to understand how did this happen, how did that happen. We try to understand every aspect of it. But I just want you to first start with me and recognize that the goodness of God 
is, is seen when we embrace Him as spectacular Creator. We have to embrace Him as spectacular Creator. And, and then when we do that, then we have to also recognize from the first few, ver- first few chapters of Genesis that the goodness of God is seen when we embrace Him as sovereign ruler or supreme ruler. He, he is the supreme ruler. See, God is the creator of all things. He spoke it into existence. And since He spoke it into existence, since He created it, it is His. So He has all rights to rule over that which He created. Nothing came about apart from God. It's completely in God's control. And because He's creator, He rightly is the ruler of it. So he is over and he is able to rule it all. He, hold, he told everything what to do, and it did it, as I said, until chapter 3, where mankind did not do what he told them to do anymore. But knowing that he is ruler, he established a couple of rules. So God looked upon his creation, and he gave it two rules. As far as mankind's concerned, from their perspective, if you look with me at uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 28... God blessed them, the text says, and God said to them, here's the command, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and the, over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God told them, I, I am supreme ruler. I am spectacular creator. Okay, I've created this and I've expressed my goodness in it and it's very good and I am supreme ruler. Therefore, I'm going to establish this rule. You are to go be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and you're to rule over the earth. You are, I'm giving you, because you're made in the image of me, in the likeness of us, we're going to make you, we made you, us, the triune nature of God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, made you, created you in our likeness, in our image, and we give you the opportunity to rule over all these things. And also we see the second command in, in chapter 2, verse 16. The Word of God says, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Command one, be fruitful and multiply, rule over the earth. Command two, don't touch that tree. That one tree, don't touch that tree. If you've ever raised a kid or have been a kid and recognized this, if somebody tells you don't touch that, what's the first thing you try to do? I mean, we should recognize from the garden that when they say don't touch it, there's a reason. Why have rules? Why would God, spectacular creator, look down on his creation and all of it was good and very good, and as supreme ruler, why would he establish these rules? He set forth some boundaries. And there needs to be boundaries. He knew when he looked upon humanity and upon his creation, he said, there's got to be some boundaries. I've got to put in place some boundaries. Not because he is the eternal killjoy and doesn't want us to have a good time, but he says, without limits, there's no end to where you'll go. But I'm going to set some limits. And as ruler, foreseeing all things, I'm going to protect creation and I'm going to do this for your good and the good of creation. I'm going to set forth the limit. You, you go be fruitful and multiply. You lord over it. 
rule over all the fish of the sea and all the birds of the air and all these things. You rule over all these things, but don't eat of that tree. All the other trees I've given you. I just wonder how many other trees were there. There had to be a, a bunch. The plants were covering the earth. All the dry land was covered with plants. And he said, eat them all. Don't eat that one. So the ruler set forth a rule, and, and he, he shared with them exactly how they should live their lives. Just two rules. I, I believe, now my wife may tell you differently, but I believe if I only had two rules, I could make it. I'm not sure. But I believe if, if it were just two, they were plain and simple and laid out before me, I believe I could handle it. Maybe not. It's obvious from Genesis chapter 1 and 2 that it, it was not that easy for the first couple. They were in the presence of the spectacular Creator every day. And they understood that He was the supreme ruler over all things. And He gave these two rules for them to live by. The goodness of God is not only expressed in the spectacular creation and the spectacular Creator that He is. And the, the, image of God, the goodness of God is not only expressed and understood when we embrace Him as supreme ruler, but the goodness of God... It's really seen when we embrace Him as sovereign judge. See, because here we see Adam and Eve break the law, the rule that God gave, it meant for a rule to be established there, it had to be a judgment in place. There had to be a judge to judge the rule. So we've got a Creator who is obviously, since He created it all, capable of being ruler of it all, has the right position now to be judge of all, and we see him as sovereign judge. Chapter 3, verse 8, if you'll turn there with me, share some information for us concerning this. Verse 8 says, They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now this is just after they have distrusted God's goodness and disobeyed God's command. And they've listened to the lies of Satan, and they've eaten from the tree which was forbidden of them. He was walking, with the, walking in the cool of the day, and man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. The, Lord's, the Lord God called to man and said to him, where are you? I want to pause here and just tell you, God's not seeking information, okay? He's not journaling and trying to understand what's going on in the garden, He's not lost Adam or Eve. He is an all-knowing God. He is bringing them to the place where they have to face that which they've done. So he says, where are you? Verse 10, he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said... The woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me from the, from the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and the dust you will eat in all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. 
To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain and childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and, you will rule, and he will rule over you. And then to Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistle it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The goodness of God is seen when we embrace Him as the sovereign judge. This may sound like very difficult punishment for this act of sin. Adam and Eve broke the commandment God gave. They distrusted God's goodness and they disobeyed His command. And God rightly sought them out in the garden. God has all rights to judge the sin which they've done. Think about it. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are righteous. No, not one. God has judged our sin and found us guilty. People don't like to be judged. Would you agree with me this morning? People just don't like to be judged. Don't judge me. You hear that all the time. People say that. God's judged us. He is spectacular creator, supreme ruler, and sovereign judge. He created. It's his creation. He has the right to rule over it. He rules over it. And rightly, we break the rules. He has to judge the rules that we've broken. And God so set forth in this first account, we see what happens. As he began to judge them and seek them out to judge them, what did they do? They hid from him. What is the natural response for us when we sin? We hide. We try to push back. We try to distance ourselves from what we know is right. If we know it to be right, we try to push away from it. We begin the blame game. It's the same thing that happened in the garden. We see Adam and Eve. What did they do? What happened here? That woman that you gave me, notice how he turned this on God. This is your fault, God. You gave her to me, and she she made me eat. And Eve's like, oh, no, 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 not me. Don't point the finger at me. Nope, it was this dude right here. He's the one that talked me into it. But what did God do? God rightly judged that sin, and he dealt with that sin. And the consequences of that sin came. I mean, he didn't just deal with Adam and Eve. He dealt first with the serpent, completely dealing with that sin and that deception. He dealt with Satan first. And then he dealt with Eve. And then he dealt with Adam. He dealt completely with that sin. So we see that that God, if we just recap in our minds for a moment here... God is, the goodness of God is is really seen when we embrace Him as spectacular Creator. 
And the goodness of God is seen when we embrace Him as supreme ruler. And it's really the goodness of God is seen when we embrace Him as sovereign judge. That's not the end of the story. Praise God for all of us. The goodness of God is seen when we embrace Him as Savior and Redeemer. Notice with me in chapter 3, verse 21, what happens. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil and how it might stretch, how he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out and at the east of the garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and flaming sword and a fl- the flaming sword which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. God pursued Adam and Eve in their sin. I, I, I don't want you to miss that. He is spectacular creator. He is, he is supreme ruler and he is sovereign judge. And in all those attributes of who he is, he looked down upon humanity, Adam and Eve. He saw them sin. He witnessed this entire account. It was not hidden from God. He saw it all. And oh, what a loving God he is. He could have from heaven at that moment said, Whoop, done with you. We're at the very beginning. We'll start over. I'll get two more. I did this once. I can do this again. Absolutely not what God did. God looked down upon Adam and Eve, committed to them. He came to them. He called them out for their sin. God confronts us with our sin. And in the confrontation of their sin, God lovingly covered them. See, here's what they did. They they had never seen anything die. So in their defense, you know, here it is wintertime. We can walk outside and there, when the temperature is a little different and and the the moisture level is a little different we see leaves blowing across the the yards and and if we go grab a handful of leaves and we rub them together they're pretty itchy scratchy and they just kind of disintegrate and fall apart in adam and eve's just just in their benefit we've got to give them they'd never seen anything die they went over and grabbed themselves some fig leaves and they tried to make themselves some coverings They tried to cover their own sin, which is so common for us today. We try to cover and compare. We want to cover our sin and compare our sin and even confuse the whole issue by putting somebody else's head on the chopping block. And that's what they did. But they didn't know, but God knew. Those those fig leaves, now that sin has entered the world, death has entered the world, and those fig leaves would never cover them and sustain them, but they would disintegrate. They would get itchy and scratchy and fall apart. So God, in His infinite wisdom, looked down upon them in their situation. After pursuing them and coming face to face and confronting them with their sin, God did what only God could do. He took one of His animals that He had created, and He slayed that animal. And he shed blood to cover that first sin act. And he took the skin clothing off of that animal and he gave it as skin clothing for Adam and Eve. 
He covered their sin. He did the work that only God could do. He is Redeemer. He is Savior and Redeemer. And it began in the garden. He covered their sin. God redeemed them from the sin that they had committed. God shows infinite love and, re- and desire for relationship. And he, he shows His longing desire for relationship. Even when we sin, He pursued them and covered them. Uh, there are definitely consequences to their sin. They experienced those. But the merciful nature of God, He went after them. What a wonderful reality that is, church. I mean, that, that warms my heart. That, that shapes my life. That, that transforms who I am. Because I see that God is, is the supreme judge. I, I mean, supreme ruler and the sovereign judge. And I see that He's the Savior and Redeemer. And He's those things because He is the spectacular Creator. And you may sit back and say, Scott, now I just don't know that I grasp and understand how God created everything. It's just a lot for me to believe, you know, that He, he spoke and it happened. I, I don't get it. I, I'd rather look to science and, and maybe science answer these questions more fully for me and, and, and maybe make things fit together better. And, and, you know, I just think about it this way in my, my simple mind. I, I woke up this morning and, and I got dressed and, and I walked out of my house and I, I grabbed a key. And I can't really explain keys and locks, but I got it and put it in my truck, and and it cranked. And I honestly, I know a good bit about mechanics, but I can't tell you about all the electrical components and all the things that happen to make that combustible engine fire up, put it in drive, and drive this church. I can't explain it all. I don't understand it all. I've not. I, I just think it's beyond me, and I don't even want to go down that road. But I'll tell you this: I have any trouble believing that truck will get me to this town and get me to this church. And, you know, there was a time a couple years ago that, man, I blew a disc in my neck and it was debilitating. I was in as bad a shape as I've ever been in my life. And, and I didn't understand the skeletal system. I didn't understand the disc that's in my neck. I didn't, I didn't understand about all the nerves that were surrounding that. I didn't understand what a surgical procedure was. I didn't understand how the doctor said he was going to go in the front and fix the back. I didn't understand what the recovery was going to be like. I didn't understand any of that. But I didn't have any problem trusting in him to fix me. I'm not going to know everything about everything. And you're not going to know everything about everything. That's where faith comes in. That I just trust that when God said He created it all, He created it all. And it all fits together in an intricate way that I've got a lot of faith in God. In fact, I believe it would take more faith than me to believe that two somethings collided somewhere and made all of this. But I do know this. There probably was a big bang because God spoke light out of his mouth. And at 186,000 miles per second, light proceeded from his mouth. And that was probably a big bang. Y'all don't get it. Y'all get that later. But I had to clean it up from, from Wednesday because I said miles per hour and now it's seconds. You know. but, but, and that God created. He spoke. He's, he is spectacular creator. I don't understand all the intricacies of creation, but I understand that He created. 
And I know that He's far beyond me and far beyond my mental ability to grasp everything about that. But I know that He created. I know that since He created, He can He has all rights to rule over it. I know that since He has all rights to rule over it, He has all rights to judge it. And I know that since He judged it and found me wanting and you wanting, He in His loving Heartfelt grace and mercy reached down from heaven and became Savior and Redeemer. And that, that just sets me back and wants me to say, oh, wow, God. Now, I've got to tell you this morning, if you're sitting here and, and you struggle, and it's understandable we can struggle. If you struggle to embrace the goodness of God, when you look upon Him, if you, if you struggle to embrace Him as the Creator of the universe, you're going to have a hard time embracing Him as the ruler of the universe. And if you have a hard time embracing Him as the ruler of the universe, you're going to have a real hard time embracing Him as the judge of the universe. And if you have a hard time embracing Him as the judge of the universe, you're going to have a really hard time embracing Him as the Redeemer of the universe. So if you miss creation, ladies and gentlemen, you miss God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God expressed His goodness in creating out of who He is. He created all that we see and all that we don't see. Things that are beyond us, He created them. He is spectacular Creator. He, because He is spectacular Creator, He is Supreme Ruler. And because He's Supreme Ruler, He is Sovereign Judge. And because He is Sovereign Judge, He looks down upon humanity, longing in relationship with you and me, loving from every fiber of who He is, He becomes our Savior and Redeemer. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's grace has been extended to you. You may not understand everything. You may not grasp it all. There's a God who wants to grasp you in your life. He's desiring to draw you into a personal, intimate relationship. My, my challenge to you this morning is if you don't know Him and you don't have a relationship with Him, that you would call out to Him and you would allow Him to be Lord of your life Confess your sin, allow him to cover your sin as he did Adam and Eve, as he did on the cross at Calvary, and as he's still doing today. Allow him to be your redeemer and redeem you. If you know that you know that you know that you're saved and you've given your life to Jesus and and you're walking with Jesus and you're in a relationship with him, these truths should make you dig deeper these truths should help you understand that, okay, it's okay for God to judge me. It's okay for Him to be the ruler of all because He's creator of all. He's a redeemer too. I mean, what an awesome package of a God we have. And, and it, should, it should fire you up and get you excited to dig into His Word more and see how He redeemed from, from Genesis chapter 11 on, how He redeemed, beginning in chapter 3, how He redeemed and how He continues to redeem until He recreates. So if you will, stand with me. This is our time of invitation. I we'll have a moment here where you can respond to God's Word. And there are people whose lives were changed this week, and they're going to come forward and tell you about that. You can join them as they come forward and, and share uh, what God's done in their life this week.
there are others here that God's working in your life. This is a time where we can be bold before our, our peers and we can say, this is what God's done in my life. So uh, the altar's are open. You want to come and pray. Whatever you desire to do this morning, this is your time to respond to God's Word. Father, we love you and thank you. Thank you for being spectacular creator, supreme ruler, sovereign judge. Father, those things mean so much to us, and they, when we grasp them, it helps us get a better understanding of what's really going on. But, Father, I, I praise you most today that you are Savior and Redeemer of all of us who have fallen short of your glory. Move in our midst this morning. Let your will be done in our lives. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You move as God leads. Good to see you, sister. I need you to do me a favor. Fill out a sheet so that I... Oh, to Jesus I surrender all to First verse again while there's some still praying in the beginning.
thank you that you have shown us that you have a plan for us Lord, that you have a desire for a relationship with us that you want to redeem us Lord we thank you for your amazing grace that you provide us every day Lord I pray that that drives us to, to put our full trust in you not just in, in uh, the big things but in every little thing Lord and um, with that Lord we come now and with an opportunity to worship you and praise you through the gifts that you've given us, that we give a chance to, to give them back to you. Lord, I pray that you bless this offering that we're about to take, Lord, that you multiply it and make it for your honor and your glory. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. Thirty years have been amazing to see what God has done. I'm Janice Allen, the founding director of the Cookville Pregnancy Clinic here in Cookville. And one of my favorite verses is, God gives you the desires of your heart. And this was never a desire of my heart, but God put it in my heart. And little did I know he was putting in the hearts of other people right here in Cookville. And when we all were able to get together on a committee at First Baptist and start out, we had a heart for the ladies. And we couldn't find a ministry to help us. And finally, we found Andy Merritt in Columbus, Georgia, who shared the same heart and the same vision and had a very successful CPC. So Andy came to train us, help us all along the way, told us which step to take, go to the right, go to the left. No, don't do that. Yes, you need to do this. And trained our first counselors. And so we were so blessed to have somebody like that to walk with us. It was about nine months that it took us to do all the planning and all the groundwork to get our CPC ready to open. And we were able to see the vision that we had come to pass, which was to love on these women and girls who were caught in a bad situation that they really didn't want to be in. Yes, they were carrying a baby, but they were the ones in stress. They were the ones in trouble, and they were the ones we wanted to love on and to help. I'm so glad I got to be a part of the beginning because I got to walk along and watch God 
do wonderful things. Do you know we made a list of everything we needed for our first offices, and then we prayed over this list. The whole committee and Jenny Ray and I went out and went to businesses, and every item on that list, down to paper and paper clips and pencils and pens and file cabinets and desk and chairs, all came in. God provided everything we needed. And from that little first office we had on South Willow, look where you are today in this beautiful, beautiful facility that is paid for thanks to God's people and God putting it on their hearts to be part. So many lives have been touched. So many lives have been changed. And so many babies' lives have been saved because of the work that's happened right here in the Football Pregnancy Clinic. We love you. We thank you for being part of it. We thank you for everybody that's ever done anything, whether it was give $10 or paint a wall or whatever you've done. You are greatly appreciated, and God bless you.